Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Monica, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. And today is February the 28th, Friday, the last day of February 2014. And today we are reading from the big book. We are in the chapter, There is a Solution, and we're on page 27. And we're going to uh, review a couple of paragraphs, or just we're going to read four paragraphs just to, to, to bring everything together. And today's readers are 12 Steps Cheryl R., 12 Traditions Rose, and then Chelsea, Hoodie, Sharon, and Kim. And the share code for yesterday, Thursday, the 27th day of February, is 5977. 5977. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive eater who is still suffering. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I will now ask Cheryl R. if she will please read the 12 steps for us. Good morning, Monica. This is Cheryl R. from Virginia, and these are the 12 steps. Step one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Step two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Step three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Step four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Step five, admitted to God to ourselves, and to another human being, the exact nature of our wrongs. Step six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Step seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Step eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Step nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Step 10, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Step 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Step 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. 
I pass. Thank you, Cheryl. And I will now ask Rose to please read the 12 traditions. Thank you. Uh, The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Pass. Thank you, Rose. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature and then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinent requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinent requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. And today we're resuming our study of the big book. We're on page 27. We're in the chapter, There is a Solution. And we are uh, officially going to be uh, discussing the fourth paragraph, but we are going to do a little review reading here so it all flows in together. And we will start with, he said to the doctor, there is no exception, and end with, uh, made him a free man. 
And yesterday, um, rearrangements and and the phenomenon um, rearrangements was dis- was talked about, and and how this is all about a change, a change. God gives us a change, a new percep- perception of things as a result of working these steps. Our personality change, our thinking is changed, our behavior is changed, our attitudes are changed. And this is done by working the steps. And I will ask Chelsea to begin reading, please. Good morning, everyone. This is Chelsea, recovered compulsive overeater for today. Thank you for your service, Monica. He said to the doctor, is there no exception? Yes, replied the doctor, there is. Exceptions to such cases as yours have been occurring since early times. Here and there, once in a while, alcoholics have had what are called vital spiritual experiences. To me, these occurrences are phenomena. They appear to be in the nature of huge emotional displacements and arrangements, ideas, emotions, and attitudes which were once the guiding forces of the lives of these men, are suddenly cast to one side, and a completely new set of conceptions and motives begin to dominate them. In fact, I've been trying to produce some such emotional rearrangements within you. With many individuals, the methods which I employ are successful, but I have never been successful with an alcoholic of your description. Upon hearing this, our friend was somewhat relieved, for he reflected that, after all, he was a good church member. This hope, however, was destroyed by the doctors telling him that while his religion convictions were very good, in his case, they did not spell the necessary vital spiritual experience. Here was the terrible dilemma in which our friend found himself when he had the extraordinary experience, which is, we have already told you, made him a free man. Still Chelsea, and I am still a compulsive overeater, but for today my mind's not tricking me into thinking it's okay to go back to the food because I actually took the 12 steps and did the work. So here now um, this guy has gotten the news from the doctor. Let's unpack this a little bit. The doctor has been totally honest with this guy. He's kept it real. He's told him what he needed to do. He's laid out that this, all these changes that Monica had mentioned, these rearrangements and all that, are going to be required in order for him to have this vital experience, spiritual experience. And he's thinking that he'll be able to skate by because he's a church member. So he's got all that church and all that religion behind him, and he's thinking that will be enough so that this time he won't go back and start again once he stopped. And once he's done that, the doctor strikes that down. So not only did he first have the doors clang on him shut, the gates of hell, now they're being re-shut. And he's being told that, no, I'm sorry, that's not going to open that for you. You're going to have to dig deeper, my friend. You're going to actually have to do some work. And I look at um, my zoning on convictions, religious convictions, because I see that if without action, those convictions or fantasy, like um, you can correlate that to page 26, actually the, um, page 25 at the bottom, where they say um, one was to go on to the bitter end, blotting out the consciousness of our intolerable situation as best we could, and on the other hand, to accept spiritual help. This we did because we honestly wanted to and were willing to make the effort. So over there, willingness without action is fantasy there 
convictions without action then is fantasy. So again, the same thread, the same idea, repeating it again, but just in a different way, because we're easy forgetters. So we have to constantly be told this stuff over and over again from page to page. And this is what they're doing here. At least my experience has been that based on what I read here with the doctor telling him that, you know, it's not going to work doing 90 meetings in 90 days, Chels. You know, you can do them, but on day 92, you're going to be eating again, possibly day 91. It's okay if you go do um, such and such a weigh and pay diet. It may help in the beginning. It may treat the allergy, but your mind's going untreated, and you're going to go back to eat again because that's my problem. I've been able to um, treat the allergy. I've been able to put the food down. Keeping it down has always been the issue. And stopping from picking it up in the first place has been the greater part of it all. And I've never been able to have the mind treated. And I've tried everything, six ways to Sunday, never have been able to do it. But once I was able to submit to this process, once I was able to get real and to take what the doctor was saying, the doctor who kept it real through the whole thing from, from beginning to end, he's been totally honest with Roland Hazard, totally and he's saying that in order to have these things, these major changes, major shifts, these vital shifts, doesn't matter how much religion you have and everything. And then I'll wrap up here. I look on page um, 93, and I see here that it says down in the paragraph that starts with your prospect, to be vital, it says, to be vital. Here we are again with this word vital. Faith must be accompanied by self-sacrifice and unselfish, constructive action. So all the convictions in the world, all the wishing in the world, and all that other stuff, all the half-stepping and all that, it's not going to do anything. It may be a little, you know, a Band-Aid for a while to get you through, but then at the end of the day you're going to be digging in boxes, bags, and in my case buckets and what have you, to try to get ease and comfort when life is not going the way you want it to. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Chelsea. Would anyone else like to comment on the last two paragraphs that were read this morning? This is Bella. Can I share? Yes. Go ahead, Bella. Thank you. Good morning. My name is Bella, and I'm, I am a thankful recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, Monica, for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody that is on the line. Here was the terrible dilemma. Yes, I was in that terrible dilemma. Uh, I grew up in a religious family. I grew up in a religious community. I grew up with religious friends. Yes, I knew there is God, and I knew exactly who is God. Obviously, I didn't. And when I just came, I knew that, you know, uh, my weight and my losing weight is everything because of me. And, you know, God is nothing to do with my, with my weight. I am gaining because of me, because I don't want to, because I don't really have the willpower. You know, it's nothing to do with God. And maybe... Inside myself, I even was angry at God. How come he is not there for me? He, he knows that I want so much to lose weight. And, you know, why he is not helping me? Why he is not doing me a miracle to lose the weight and to stay there? 
וואו, yes, I am free man now. Thank God, thank God. You know, when I just started the program, I was, yes, I was in a terrible dilemma when I started to hear all the people talking about God. I said to myself, oh, you know, nobody will tell me new things about God. I know him. I know him. You know, it's nothing to do with him. He is there and I am here. Thank God. Thank God. I found that, no, it was a very big mistake for me to think like this. And it wasn't true. No, God is here for me, and yes, he will help me, and he helps me, but I have to open the door for him. I need to open the door and to let him come into my life. Yes, he is here for me to help me to lose the weight, but I have to show him my willingness, and Thank God I am not in a dilemma anymore. I am a free man. I know that, yes, he is here for me. He is not anymore a dictator that I have to be afraid from him, that I am going to get punished if I am not doing, if I am not a good person. No. Thank you, God. No, not anymore. Now I know he is my best friend, my best partner, my best father. I am not, I am not scared anymore. Yes, and I am willing to open myself up to, 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 to hear, to hear what God has, what is the message that God has for me. And thank God the, the, the dilemma is over. Now I am free. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Bella. Would anyone else like to share on these two paragraphs? This is Paula from Russia. Larry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hold on, everybody. Here we go. Katie, Paula, Larry. Was there anyone else? Okay, Katie, go ahead. It'll be Katie, Paula, and Larry, and then we'll go from there. Good morning, Monica. Thank you for your service. And good morning, everyone. This is Katie G. Recovered for today, compulsive overeater from Boston, Mass. Grateful to be here alive and sober on this line and talking about vital spiritual experiences. Uh, so I loved yesterday. I won't <clears throat> regurgitate what was said, but, you know, when I looked up that word that vital was life-giving, that is what this program, that is what God is doing for me today. He is giving me life. And I didn't come in here looking for God. I came in here looking for my weight to stop looking like an EKG. And I am a hard-headed addict. And I was exactly like this man. You know, when people were telling me um, that there was a solution, um, my ego kept coming up. You know, I kept thinking, oh, well, I know how to lose weight. I'm a good dieter. I, 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 and, and do you hear God in that? Because I don't. I wasn't looking for God. I was looking for how Katie is going to fix it, you know, and um, there's a line in another book that I know. It's, am I willing to question daily my willingness to be willing? And for me today, having recovered from the seemingly hopeless state of mind and body, that means am I willing to realize that my way of thinking that, you know, just like, this, um, the, just like Roland's um, getting his hope destroyed, my way of thinking is to get hope that I can fix it. 
right? Like, but that, it does. This doesn't spell the necessary vital spiritual experience. And then our friend is in a dilemma. And what's a dilemma? A situation that requires a choice between options that, that are or seem equally unfavorable or mutually exclusive, a problem that seems to defy a satisfactory solution. I had to give up. And when I was working the steps as an abstinent woman dying because I was making heavy going of life and living in the bedevilments, I couldn't have a job, I couldn't have relationships, um, I, I needed my ego, uh, you know, part of step one and step two were about me realizing, you know what, the way you've been living your life is not working. And I needed to be devastated. I needed to see before I could be cracked open, I needed to have all doors to my solutions shut. And all I knew going into the steps and going in, heading into step three and making that decision to do my work was that my way did not work. And I am telling you, giving that up has given me extraordinary freedom. And that freedom, as we say on this line, it is not free. There is a price. But thank you, God, the price is not you know, uh, ending up in the hospital, in the psych ward, because that's what I can do today. But today is my turn to experience the way life God intended it for me to be, if I am willing to question daily my willingness to be willing. And for me, for this hard-headed nut to crack, that means I have to continue to realize I am not the solution. Food is not the solution. Selflessness, other-centeredness, how can I be of service? And the only way to get there isn't to make a decision to go back to church. That is not my solution. My solution is in these books. It is penned out very clearly through, through the fourth step and staying active in steps 10, 11, and 12, looking at daily, where am I selfish? Where am I dishonest? Where am I resentful? And where am I afraid? And how can I get back into the line with God? And with that, I pass. Thank you, Katie. Paula, you're up. This would be Paula, Recovered Compulsive Reader. First, beginning with gratitude and that to you. Thank you, Monica, for leading this meeting. You know, I, 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 the way it started, it's kind of the way I started. Is there no exception? Always looking for an exception. See, I wanted to live in this disease but not to have the effects of it. It doesn't happen. That's not reality. But I didn't live in reality. Is there no exception? Then the kind doctor, and kind he was, says, well, here and there, oh, good, I'll go here or there. Hadn't I done that before? Once in a while, ah, perhaps that will be the once in my while. Alcoholics have had what they called, they, which are called a vital spiritual experience. Oh, I can do that. I didn't understand the word vital, and I'm going to be very clear here. I did not know what spiritual meant. It meant something entirely different to me, and thus the change could not occur. And then he goes even further. Ideas, emotions, and attitudes. Well, honey, that's me. Yep. Which were once the guiding forces, and let me tell you, it guided me where it did of the lies of these men are suddenly cast one side and a completely, has to be complete, new, not 
known before, set of conceptions and motives begin. A beginning. The spiritual experience is also called an awakening to dominate them. And you know, I want to go back, and, and, and this Dr. Young explains that's what he's been trying to do. He a man. He a man. Gave it all. And I want to just come alongside with this on page 143. If your man accepts your offer, it should be pointed out that physical treatment is but a small part of the picture. Though you are providing him with the best possible medical attention, seems that our friend Roland did have that. He should understand that he must undergo a change of heart. To get over drinking will require a transformation of thought and attitude. We all had to place recovery above everything. For without recovery, we would have lost both home and business. I lost myself. But today I found myself following these directions, following these directions. And it comes there to the top of the page of 28, and there I will come to. Here was the terrible dilemma in which our friend found himself. Well, I can call him friend because I found myself in the same place when he had, in the same place I too, extraordinary or extraordinary, you say it as you will, experience which, as we have already told you, made him a free man. Thank you for allowing me to share with that. I do pass. Thank you, Paula. And Larry, you're up. Good morning, Monica. Thanks for your service. Larry recovered uh, compulsive reader from Chicago. So, yeah, you know, um, what I love about this is, um, you know, he's basically saying, you know, I, I've been trying to produce some emotional rearrangements within you. But if you're, so anything I say right now, just understand probably no human power could have relieved her alcoholism. So anything I say or anyone else says, see, I, I needed to hear that, is not going to produce those emotional rearrangements in you, hanging out here, listening. There's no rock stars here. We all got here on a losing streak. We're all just fellow travelers. No hierarchy here. Vital spiritual experience. If you had one, I don't know. You see, that's between you and God. No human being can judge. But again, no human power could relieve my alcoholism. But for me, except Mr. You know, that, that program person. Again, no stars in this program. And again, my creator, I'm now willing that you should have all of me. Except when I, when I need a little just taste to, to calm me down. Just a handful. Yeah, right. That, that, that worked. But here's something that I can reflect on in terms of the vital spiritual experience. Have I changed? Has my thinking changed? You know, my perceptions, have they changed? Has my heart changed? Forget a moment about my love affair with, you know, ding-dongs, cheese fries, pizza. What does my internal compass tell me about my love of my fellows? If my answer to this question, honestly, if I honestly am asking, perhaps I know where I am on the continuum of recovery. You know, do I still believe tomorrow will be different when I know in my heart of hearts nothing has changed? No amendments, no alterations here at the very core of my being. You know, as we like to say, if nothing changes, nothing changes. I can get on here every morning and nothing changes. 
So, you know, what are the harms that I've done to people? Who did I hurt through my insensitive, you know, for me, my vitriolic mouth? Tomorrow things will be different. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Why can't you just accept that I'm sorry again and again and again and again? So, you see, the vital spiritual experience, I wanted that change to happen in me, but I wasn't willing to work towards those ends. I mean, wasn't it enough to simply have a shift in my intentions? I'm never going to treat someone like that again. I'm never going to. I was Mr. Never Again. That was me. It wore me out. And I, I carried around hundreds of pounds of emotional, stale, tired, emotionally draining baggage day after day after day. But I'll remind you with this vital spiritual experience, rarely have we seen a person fail who has thoroughly followed our path. Those who do not recover are people who cannot or will not give themselves to, well, you, you know the rest of it. You, you know the rest of what it says. It rolls off your tongue. You know, and now I'll, I, you know there's a reason why the birth of AA is, is officially June 10th, 1935. But see, Dr. Bob and Bill met on May 14th, 1935. So why isn't the AA birthday May 14th? That's because Dr. Bob had one more drunk left in him. You know, for us, one more run out to the, you know, to pick up a few things, a few drive-thrus. You know, but June 7th, 1935, if you look at our history, and history is important to me, Dr. Bob left for a medical convention and he got blasted. He blacked out, baby. And before he returned to Akron to perform surgery, a surgery that only he could do, he drove, Bill drove him to the hospital and he actually gave him a bottle of beer. It's like giving me a, you know, a piece his nerves they could perform the surgery but after the surgery dr bob came home later sober and he went around akron making restitution to various people in akron and he died in 1950 never found it necessary to take liquor into his system for the last 15 years of his life so um you know i won't recover from this disease unless i make amends to the people that i've harmed and i won't make amends unless i have a vital spiritual experience that's for me I tried to before I had one. Sorry, didn't work. I won't make sincere amends to the people I've harmed until I begin the step process of soul searching. You know, that inner archaeological probing that's necessary to allow God into my wounds. I blocked him off. So if you're sitting here on the call wondering why, why hasn't it taken hold? I don't know, something that I had to consider. It took me many years to consider that. And I'll just wrap up, you know, so the vital spiritual experience isn't something complex, unattainable, impractical, outside of your reach. It wasn't for me. In my experience, in the experience of so many others, it's just the opposite. We sought escape with the desperation of drowning men in what seemed at first like a flimsy reed has proved to be the loving and you know the rest. So it's, you know, I've been taken from the outhouse to the White House here, from the scrap heap to a different life. Thank God for Alcoholics Anonymous. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Larry. Would anyone else like to comment on these two paragraphs? Lorna from Pittsburgh. Go ahead, Lorna. Oh, thank you. What? <clears throat> Lorna from Pittsburgh, a recovery compulsive overeater. I'm, I'm a... Uh, I've been abstinent for the longest period of my life, and I'm recovered, which is a new experience. Um, 
which which I, I should say that I, I never experienced before program. I never experienced that before program and working the, the program in the book. And reading these reading these words now, I'm trying to read them as 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 today, you know, like like I'm recovered. I've had this this vital experience, but am I staying recovered on my resting on my laurels? Am I changing today? Am I putting am I am I putting into God's hands all of my ideas, emotions and attitudes that he can then cast aside? You know, am I I I'm abstinent today and I I'm I to the best of my ability I I try to um keep close to God so he can he can use me as his instrument. But am I really agnostic in some ways? I mean, I can read these paragraphs and say, yes, I've had a spiritual experience and I am recovered. But is there still a part of me that's still trying to run the show? Is my step one completely solid today? Or am I still trying to stay sober based on my my first step one experience or my last or my or my amends I did a week ago. Am I am I am I trying to to have a new experience today? Am I working the program completely anew today? And these are just questions I've been asking myself and I would say I'm going through the book a third time as with fresh eye, you know, as a recovered person and it's just as ego reducing as the first time I went through it but God is using even more that I never thought he would uh, like ideas emotions and attitudes this time around my new ideas and emotions and attitudes are are Lauren I never thought I'd be able to pause and breathe before talking I mean now that's all I do and all I do know is try to put others first. God is, if you're going through this work more than the second, or if you're going through this not the first time, God is going to use new things in you that you never, that don't relate to food if you are recovered. It's just, I just, this program is so eye-opening. and. New addictions will be recovered from. You know, it's not just food, but new addictions that you have put down, new ways that you are using your agnosticism, maybe shopping or other addictions. He will remove those so you can get closer to him. But I have to constantly be reducing my ego to be reworking the the steps reworking the steps, and I have to have a very strong first step experience. Um, that's why I choose to work the program more than more about one, more than more than just once in my uh, my going. Um, thank you very much. With that, I will pass. Thank you, Lorna. Would anyone Hello? else like to comment before we move on? Yes. Who is this? 
Okay, let's move on to the next paragraph. And Hoodie, would you read, please? Hello. Hi. Sorry. Good morning, Monica. This is Hoodie, uh, com- Recover Compulsive hey, Overeater. Go ahead, Hoodie. We, in, we, we, in our turn, we, in our turn, sought the same escape with all the desperation of drowning men. What seemed to be a a flimsy reed has proved to be the loving and powerful hand of God. A new life has been given us, or, if you prefer, a design for living that really works. And I'll pass. Thank you, Hoodie. Would anyone like to comment on this paragraph? Kim? Kim, go ahead, Kim. And I've heard someone else. Your name, please? Hi, good morning, Monica. This is Sippy, recovered okay, Kim. reader. Okay, Kim is going to read first, and then Zippy, you're next, okay? Thanks. Good morning, Monica. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. And this one line has really, um, you know, I often think a miracle is just a change in perception. So this is the miracle line that really switched me over from years in the fellowship not understanding what these steps could do for me and and truly getting what I needed to do. So it says here, what seemed at first to be the flimsy reed has proved to be the loving and powerful hand of God. So I was always told that God was the solution. And I would be told to put down the food and pray. Put down the food and pray. You know, so often I hear people, you know, they are told to put down the food and start reading pages 86 to, and 80 to 88. You know, start getting into prayer and meditation right away. If that was possible for someone like me, of an alcoholic of my description, then all I would need is a two-step program. Because you're telling me all I need to do is pray. Okay, well, I went through 12 years of religious school and I know who God is. I'm fine. And then I would get back into the food over and over and I would feel like the biggest loser because I'm doing what you're telling me to do. I'm praying. But the fact is I am disconnected from that power. It doesn't matter how much I believe in God. It doesn't matter how many religious classes I took. I cannot get access to that power. So what is this sentence telling me? What at first seemed a flimsy read. So that flimsy read is that idea that I need a higher power. That's what I'm being taught. The solution is God, and I need that God. If I am lack of power is my dilemma, I am going to need a power, and that's all step two is. It has proven to be the loving and powerful hand of God. Well, loving, powerful hand of God is step 11. That's when I get that conscious contact. I don't get conscious contact from putting down the food. So how does it prove it? How do I get from that flimsy read which I'm acknowledging that I understand that God is the solution. I don't, under, I don't get it. I believe it works in you. I believe Larry when he talks. I believe Katie when she talks. I believe Monica when she talks. I don't experience it right now, but I have a belief that it works for other people. So that's that flimsy read. I understand I need a power. How, do I, how is that proven? That's proven by doing the steps in between step 2 and 11. I have to make that decision in step three. I have to do those action steps in steps four through nine 
And then in step 10, I have to make this design for living a way that I live. I have to make sure that I keep that connection between me and God open. I was missing that. I just kept thinking, put down the food and pray. Put down the food and pray. Once again, that would be a two-step program. This is a 12-step program. And they're numbered because we need to work them in the order that they're numbered. It's kind of like saying I want to be a mathematician, so I'm going to read the introduction paragraph, and I'm going to start going to step 11 or chapter 11 and do some calculus. It doesn't make any sense to me. I need the foundation of each step in order to get to the next. And that was the miracle for me, that change in perception, that idea that, oh, okay, all I need now is to acknowledge there's a flimsy read and to hold on tight and to follow these clear-cut directions, to trust the recovered people who told me they've had this vital spiritual experience. I'm going to read that one more time. What seemed at first to be a flimsy read, step two, has proven through steps three through ten to be the loving and powerful hand of God, step 11. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. And Zippy, you're up. Hi, thank you, Monica. Thank you for your service. Good morning, everyone. Um, this is Sippy, a recovered compulsive overreader. And um, working the steps is, you know, I prayed also to God get me to this spiritual experience. And um, I kept hearing about the self centeredness and my selfishness. And I was only able to see all that when I worked through the steps when I thoroughly cleaned house and then, you know, this light bulb came up in my head that um, the only way for me to find myself is to get out of myself. I mean, that's what I learned from doing all these steps and I have to live that way every day and, and work these steps every day. And um, I tried other ways. I, I was getting very discouraged in this program, and I kept hearing, work the steps, work the steps. And I had um, different ways of doing it that weren't thorough enough for me and, um, and, and just learning the right way and um, through a vision for you and going through this every single day. I have to go through it every single day. I have to take that time because my spiritual life has to be enlarged on a daily basis. And um, then then I got the gift of the program. Thank you so much. Thank you, Zippy. Go ahead, Hi, Hoodie. <laughs> go ahead. Hi. Sorry, this is Hoodie again, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. I just happen to love this paragraph. Um, we in our turn, sought the same escape with all the desperation of drowning men. And here is we, we, all these recovered, you know, these first 100 who wrote this book. We sought the same escape. And um, as all these other alcoholics, this disease is so powerful. We're dying, and yet we're so desperate, and yet we could still think that we could do it by ourselves. And we try with all, you know, with all with all our might to, to, to you know, to get to get ourselves clean, and we couldn't. And it just reminds me of where, on page 52, where it says the bedevilments, um, um, we couldn't, we were having trouble with personal relationships. We couldn't control our emotional natures. 
We were prey to misery and depression. We couldn't make a living. We had a feeling of uselessness, and we were full of fear. We were unhappy. We couldn't seem to be of real help to other people. Was not our basic solution of these developments more important than whether we could see newsreels of loot or flight? Of course it was. But when we saw others solve their problem by a simple reliance upon the spirit of the universe, we had to stop doubting the power of God. Our ideas did not work, but the God idea did. And that was the posture of the step one that I had to take. I had to take that step one, being so desperate, everything was falling apart. And um, and I had to accept that this, I had to accept that what the problem was and that I had this problem, and yet listen to all of you, listen to those people who are, who who were recovered, who threw me that life jacket, and um, you know, and I and I grabbed onto it with all with all my might because I wanted a new life, and that new life has been given to me. Thank thanks to the program of recovery, thanks to AA, thanks for this big book, and a design for living that really really works. And just to end where I was reading that, you know, in um, page um, 552 in, the, in, in one of the stories where it's everything I need in Alcoholics Anonymous and here over is Anonymous and everything I need, everything I need I get. And when I get what I need, I invariably find that it was just what I wanted all the time. Thank you and I pass. Thank you, Hoodie. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? This is Bella. Can I share? Go ahead, Bella. Thank you. My name is Bella, and I'm a thankful recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, Monica, for leading this meeting, and thank you very much, everyone that is on the line. Wow, it's such a power empowering paragraph. Such, I love it. A design for living. Thank you, God, that now I found the design for living. Yes, thank God I live in a meaningful life. Before program, yes, maybe I lived physically, but not not emotionally. No, I was in my own jail. I wanted to escape, but I didn't know how. I, I couldn't. I didn't... I didn't know how, where, and yes, the sun was shining, but I couldn't see the shine. The, I, 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 I couldn't see nothing. I, all, I was in my own jail, and yes, I, you know, I was a controlling person, and the worst thing is that I wasn't even aware. If somebody would tell me, Bella, you, you, you are controlling, I would say, what? I am controlling not at all, but I wanted to control not only my life. I wanted to control the whole entire world. And sure, I was living in blaming and judging. I was miserable. And then when I chose, I wanted to be alone and lonely. My life wasn't meaningful to me. I was all the time miserable. I was a victim. I was angry. I didn't live. No, I I cannot say that it was a life. And now, thank God, thank God, 
I live in a design of living. I enjoy any second of my life. And why? Because I am connected to God. That's it. I don't want to prove anymore my power. I don't want to be the driver of my life, of your life. Not anymore. I don't have this desire anymore. I want to be connected to God. I am here to be a messenger. I am here to be connected to my loving Father, my loving King. Yes, my connection is the meaningful of love. And I am so thankful to God that He, he didn't, um, he, he continued to trust me. And thank you, God, that he, uh, that he brought me to here, to this design of living. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Bella. Would anyone else like to share on this paragraph? This is Leah. Hi, Monica. It's Linda from Connecticut. I'd like to share, if I may. <laughs> okay, I heard a whole bunch of people here. Oh, you gonna, wow. You're going to have to help me out. I heard L- Leah... Janice. Uh, Janice. um, Was there someone before Janice? I don't know, but Linda, I said. Yeah, yeah, I've got you, Linda. Monica, Um, this is Nancy. I'll just pass. There's not enough time left. That's okay. I'll listen, so go ahead. Okay. Janice, and then Leah, and then Linda. Go ahead. Well, thank you, Monica. Thank you. I'll be very brief. Yes, it's uh, talking about these people that have experienced it, giving us their experience. It's not a it's not a fairy tale. They've done this. They've been through this. And how many of us, including myself, have been through this? That we we were in such despair. We had no more hope. I had no more hopeless. I, I, I felt hopeless. It seemed like I was hopeless, which meant that it wasn't necessarily true. So if I'm powerless, see, I trusted and I depended and I relied solely on myself. Well, how did that work for you, Janice? Monica used to say. How did that work for you? It didn't work very well. So because I was desperate, because I, I felt there was no hope, I had to try something else. So it starts very, very, very small with an open mind, just a little bit. I hear an open mind here. What seemed at first to be a flimsy reed, you know, has proved, has proved to be a loving and powerful hand of God. Now, this new life that I got through these 12 steps and found the God of my understanding was a gift. You see, Roland couldn't buy it. The doctors couldn't give it to Roland. Nobody could give it to me. And this is a gift given to us, given. A gift is given. And uh, that is the result of these steps. Um, And with that, I will pass. Thanks. Thank you, Janice. Leah, go ahead, please. Thanks, Monica, for your service. Good morning, everybody. My name is Leah. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. We, in our turn, sought the same escape with all the desperation of drowning men. Uh, We, of course, meaning uh, the recovered folks that that wrote this book that we study every morning. And I relate to that, you know, the desperation of drowning men. Um, you know, uh, I was uh, 
just caught in the grips of something that I did not know what I was up against. I had no idea. The madness was getting so severe. My soul was getting sucked right out of me. <laughs> I was paying a horrific price just to get to zero. Um, you know, the buzz of compulsive overeating was getting smaller and smaller and smaller, and yet uh, the price I paid was getting greater and greater and greater. I was eating with a sense of ur- urgency and desperation. And despite years of involvement with psychology and therapy and self-help and dabbling in religiosity, um, that was not enough to save a person like me. You know, if I was going to survive, I had to find a power other than myself or any other human source. And I needed to reconsider or die. I mean, that's exactly where I was, the desperation of drowning men. My resources, my human resources, as marshaled by my own will and my own determination, were not sufficient. In fact, they failed utterly. You know, because this isn't about stopping. I had stopped thousands of times. How do I not start again? I had to find a way to be comfortable food sober. You know, what I was experiencing was a gangrene of a spirit, a cancer of the soul. I was suffering from a disease which only a spiritual experience was going to conquer. It says a new life had been given us. Uh, Someone mentioned about as a gift, you know, if you prefer a design for living that really works. I mean, this process of the steps, this process of discovery um, led me to a power that was, unbeknownst to me, already fully present deep within me. And these steps allowed for an awakening to an awareness of that God higher power within me. My, my willingness to respond to grace and my recognition that my very willingness to even cooperate was a grace. I had to submit to this simple process, and that was not easy. Yet it, it took me to a place I had never been, but I had to cooperate with God's grace. I didn't even know where I was going. I didn't know the game I was playing. I didn't know you know, if this even existed, all I knew was that someone who had sat across from me had been restored to sanity, had been recovered to wholeness of mind. The obsession of, uh, you know, the mind to drink had been driven out of him. You know, so, uh, you know, the results um, in the end were disproportionate to my efforts, yet my efforts uh, from the very beginning, were required for me to sustain and enlarge this spiritual awakening. This is not a story about me. This is not a story about Leah. This is a story of God's grace. But I had to accept God's grace. You know, this is not about my personal success or our personal success. This new life occurs because the grace of God comes in through our brokenness and makes something of that human failure. At least that was my experience. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Leah. And Linda, we only have a minute. If you may, go ahead. Hi, it's Linda. I'm uh, recovered in Connecticut. I can say ditto. (laughs) Exactly what was said. And this design for living, I am recovered, and I'm very grateful for that. The design for living is because it's today. It's the 28th of February. I have to live with this today. God has to guide me through today. The kitty litter, cleaning the house, whatever comes up, I have to be with God or I'll be nuts. 
and I love being very, very recovered. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Linda. And this is Monica. And um, a design for living. What What is this design for living? It's trusting God, cleaning house, and helping others. And with that, I pass. And we've reached the end of our time today. Thank you to everyone who has shared. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And Kim, can you read a vision for you, please? Thank you, Monica. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then.